thinking three again. Missed one a few moments ago. There it is, and down it goes for his first NBA hoop. I don't want to call it today, you know, I just made it rain. Hold me back, fam! A below average three-point shooter. There's Simmons. I got 50 biscuits. Hello and welcome back to the PickSwap Podcast. I am James Rain. I'm here with Sean Bernard as usual. What's up, Sean? Not much. It is game day. It's finally yes, here. Sixers in a couple hours now. So before we uh, get ahead with that, get a couple of preseason takeaways and go kind of back and forth on predictions with that. Yeah, I'm super excited, man. Um, it's only been, what, 72, 73 days since the last yeah. NBA game. Well, yesterday, uh, the Lakers lost to the Clippers and the Nets beat the Warriors. We don't really care. I don't care at all. <laughs> but, um, you know, the shortest NBA offseason somehow felt like it took forever. Um, and we're back with Sixers basketball for real tonight um, against the Wizards. I'm super excited to see this team put together and actually play a full game of basketball together. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. I can't lie. But let's get into some of our stuff here. Talking about a, little, a couple of predictions, some takeaways um, from the preseason, the offseason and everything and uh, some predictions for the future. So we'll talk first about. Who is going to score more points between these two players, uh, Shake Milton or Tobias Harris? Okay, so I'm going to go Shake Milton with this. And Tobias kind of needs to be the answer for this team to work right. And this is kind of a little bit of a combination of me kind of being down on Tobias and just like his decision-making hasn't been quick enough yet. He still hasn't kind of filled into like the right role that hopefully he finds that niche somewhere in the season. And I also think Shake is – like any expectations I've put on him, he's outblown at this point. And like, <laughs> yeah. I think his role is just going to continue to keep growing on the team. And he's going to be the real like X factor to this team all season. So I think he's going to get a ton of minutes and produce every minute out there. So I'm going with shake. I like that. Um, I'm going to say Tobias just because I feel like it should be the answer. Um, and I think that, I think Tobias has looked a little shaky. Obviously, the first two preseason games, he looked a little shaky, but he's going to find his his role here, and he's going to hopefully produce in that role. Um, I could see them hovering around the same amount of points between 18 and 22. I would love to see both of them in that in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't want to see Tobias below 20 or below 18. That would be just like a colossal. Um, mistake for him um but i'd love to see shake up in that like 16 to 20 tobias 18 to 22 range um but i am going to stick with tobias just because i think with him in the starting lineup um getting you know a, a good amount of touches in in you know pick and rolls and things and and doc's going to put him in positions to score um because they need him to score so i'm going to go with tobias on that one um to move forward outside of ben and joel who do you think is the most important to this team's success Yeah, so kind of in the same direction. I'm going with Shake on this one, too. And again, it's just he's kind of got that X factor. Like, there's not many guys. This roster has, like, missed for a long time. Guys that just can create their own shot, go and get a bucket whenever that's needed. And that's kind of what Shake brings to the table. Just that, like, smoothness in his game. Kind of, like, he can step back. He can just get it out up where he needs, drive to the basket. So I think just, like, that kind of, uh, like, element of his game that he adds that was missing for so long adds a ton of value to the team. Yeah, I love that. I agree with that. Um, but I'm going to go with a different in a different direction here. Um, I'm going to say a group of people. It's going to be, I'm going to say three players. Um, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Furkan Korkmaz. Those three players are the most important to the Sixers' success this year. This team has struggled so badly with shooting in recent years. 
They've now added some shooters. Furkan has grown into the bomber we always wanted him to be, and we always thought he would be. <laughs> Maybe not. But either way, Furkan has been great recently, and if those guys can produce the way they have in their careers, and if Furkan can keep growing and shooting better and you know, creating a little bit more off the dribble and things like that, those three guys are absolutely vital to this team's success. And obviously, you know, guys like Tobias and Shake, all those guys are going to be important. Everyone's important, but I think the idea of spacing and shooting is more vital than, you know, any singular player. So I'm going to add those three shooters into my little group and say that they're the most important. Um, so next is a, uh, we're going to shout out one of our followers at germ Two. his name is Bruce at J U R M M two asked us on Twitter, who, how slept on are the Sixers this season? So Sean, how do you feel? Do you think the Sixers are slept on? Do you think they're, not slept on or how slept on are they? Yeah, I think they definitely are. And this has been something both Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey have talked about a ton since they kind of took control of the team and throughout the whole offseason in general. And just like, it feels like there's not a super high expectation on the Sixers right now. Like they're kind of in that like fringe contenders, but not really looked at as like true contenders. Whereas like if they show the right strides this year and this team is plays the way it should, the way it's put together, I think they're right up there in that conversation. So I think they're definitely a team that slept on and they're going to be up there when it comes playoff time. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think the Sixers are slept on in a lot of ways, but I like it this way. I, yeah, I, I feel the feeling of this season has been like much better up to this point as I've felt any time up to this point in a season obviously like late in the 2018 2019 year that was great I loved like the Jimmy Tobias coming over all that stuff them going to the playoffs playing really well um, but the start of this season has felt unreal and as a Sixers fan I couldn't have asked for anything better and I'm glad that they're not you know people aren't knocking down our door to say we're championship contenders I like that they're kind of staying away and uh, you know kind of just letting us do our thing you know by February by March, they're going to be, they're going to know whether. Um, so if we are contenders, they'll know then if we're not, which I think I don't want to think about that. But if we are, when we are, they'll know it. So um, I think the Sixers are slept on. Thank you for the question, by the way, Bruce. We appreciate it as always. Um, who do you think will have the higher three point percentage this season, Matisse Seibel or Tyrese Maxey? Okay. So Matisse shot 35.7% from three last year on a little over two attempts per game and maxi shot a little over 29 percent in college maxi as impressive as he has been in the preseason we still haven't seen a ton of his jumper or i think he only he only attempted one three and it was a fairly deep one that came up a little short uh i'm still gonna go with matisse i think it's gonna be on significantly lower reps than last year i don't think he's gonna get nearly the playing time that he saw by the end of the season but i still think he'll get in there I don't. I I think there's been a ton of development in Maxi's jumper. I think that's going to be a work in progress throughout his time here. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be um, Matisse, and I still I'm not going to give up on Matisse yet. Uh, he looked bad. Like just to be fair, he looked bad in the preseason games. Um, that being said, he did miss the first like week of camp due to an ankle injury, so he was kind of a latecomer in the in camp and didn't get a lot of reps going into those first two games. I'm hoping he can find his footing. Uh, he took the braids out, so you know he's back to nice guy nice Matisse. Guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think it'll be Matisse. I think um, once he finds his stride, he'll hopefully improve at least a little bit from last season and maybe a tick or two above what he was at last season. And I just don't think that we're going to ask Maxi to be a shooter when he's in the game. You know, Shake's a great shooter. Furkan's a very good shooter. 
you're going to have guys like that that are around the floor that you're just not going to – Doc is very good at finding players like what they do best and making sure they're in positions to do what they do best. And I think that right now he understands Max. He is very good at getting the basket, very good at creating his own shot. And I think he's going to put him in positions to do that. So I just don't think that Max is going to have a, a high enough volume of threes to really even make a decision on whether he's a good three-point shooter or not. I think eventually he can be. He projects to be a good shooter. Um, but as of right now, I think it's just going to be Matisse for this season and going forward. I think this is something that a conversation that we can have, you know, this time next year as well. So I like that idea of the two of them becoming shooters mm-hmm. and I just hope they get there, but uh, I think it'll be Matisse for this season. So here's where it gets interesting for me because it's all about Ben Simmons right now. Um, over under Ben 20 points per game. I'm going to go under and uh, again, like this is kind of be the constant Ben Simmons debate is how much is he going to shoot? Where is he going to shoot? How willing is he going to be? I think there's going to be a little bit more this year. I still don't think we're going to see like more than 15 made threes this year out of Ben. I think 15 might even be a little high on that 10 to 15 range. Uh, his career high is, I think it was 18, what is it? Or 16.9 is career high in points. So over 20 would be a pretty big jump in that. I don't think he takes that big of a jump. I pinned him somewhere in like the 18s, which I still think is a great like growth for him. And he is going to get be able to get to the lane a little cleaner, use it because of the spacing. But I don't think he necessarily takes that big of a stride. Yeah, um, I would say under, but I think barely under. I think I, I'm going to project him around 19 and a half. Uh, I'd really just like to see him get to that 19 range. Um, I think it'll be close, though. I think there's going to be games and there's going to be stretches where he is unstoppable like we saw last year. Um, and as him and Embiid learn to be unstoppable together, I would love to see both of them hovering around, you know, Embiid, we'll talk about his points per game later, but you know, what was he at 20, around 24 last year, Simmons was around 16 last year. I'd like to see Simmons start to climb up the ladder a little bit and start getting closer to Embiid as, um, you know, you don't need as much from your, your two and three this year, Danny Green and Seth Curry just aren't going to score that a lot. They'll have games where they do because they'll get hot from three, but you're just not going to rely that heavily on them to score as much as you're just relying on them to space the floor. So I just love to see Ben, you know, get up towards that 20 points per game, but I'm going to say under for the time being Um, to move forward here. We'll talk about Ben over under 9.9 assists. I'm also going under with this. I think assists is going to be the biggest jump in his game. And I do think there's a legit chance that he could hit this 10 assist mark. To be fair though, there was only one player in the NBA that averaged over 10 assists last year. And that was LeBron who led the league. Uh, tends a lot for assists per game, but there should be pretty much most games that Simmons does hit that mark. So it depends where the average ends out, but I'm going to go a little under in that. I think he will be in the nines though. I'm going over. I'm going over. <laughs> and his career I'm, high was 8.2. So again, this is another big jump. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say he's going to be averaging 10.3 assists per game this year. I like That's that. That's my number. I'm, I'm writing all these down as we go. So I have a little bookmark. So if I'll know if I'm right or not. And if I am, I'll let you guys know if I'm right. If I'm not, I'm just going to, you know, crumple up this paper and throw it away. You guys will never know. But, um, you know, Ben's poised to have a great year, um, scoring-wise, passing-wise, defensive, everything. He's poised to just come out and be the best player that Simmons can be. And I'm super excited for that, obviously. But I think with the amount of shooting they've added around him and just the variations of shooting they have. So, you know, you have your set shooter, um, Danny Green, who's essentially only catch and shoot. Seth Curry can make, you know, a couple plays here and there, 
but he's catch and shoot as well, but he can do the dribble handoffs and he can do, you know, the pick and rolls and things of that nature. And then you have shake a guy that is just can do it all offensively and is also a 40.3 point shooter. Those are the guys that you want around Simmons because he can create in so many different ways that having people that can score in a variety of ways allows him to just, you know, have a uh, blank canvas and it's, it's his to draw on. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking 10.3 assists might be a lot. It might be a lot for him, you know, just, you know, minutes wise. I don't know what their plan is for him. You know, he's had some injuries over the last year. I don't want to see him go down on a dumb injury because they're trying to get him to 10 assists per game. You know what I mean? If they can keep his minutes down and he doesn't quite get the 10, that's totally fine. But I think just in this offense with this roster, he has the potential to score, to have, you know, nine to 10 assists per game. And the increased pace will help a ton with yes. that as well. Yes. Great point. Um, so we'll move on to Dwight Howard here. And this is more, I feel like a question for about Embiid more so than it is about Dwight Howard. Um, but do you think over or under 25 starts for Dwight Howard this season? So I'm torn on this one. I'm going to go slightly over. And uh, I think, first off, I think Embiid is going to miss a fair amount of games just based on the condensed schedule, like back-to-backs. Like, And we obviously need to preserve him, take care of him, and that's the right call on that. Like we saw with the preseason game, how he missed that. Just And yeah. now it's just kind of another load management uh, move. Yeah. So. That 25 is kind of a lot in that regard, but I also think there might be a handful of games where we see Dwight and Embiid both playing, and I kind of like that look. I've been super impressed with everything I've seen from Dwight in all the press conferences after the game. All these guys are talking about about what a great teammate and leader he's been and how much yeah. influence he's been in the locker room. So it looks like Dwight's been on his best behavior, and like <laughs> he, the 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 fit is there. Like it's kind of we haven't had that guy. I guess Nerlens a little bit is the last guy, Rashawn Holmes a little bit, but even then not in the same capacity of Dwight is just like catching lobs and just easy baskets is all he does. Like there's going to be a lot of games where Dwight shoots hundred percent from the field and it's all just put backs and caught lobs. So I love the role. He, I love like the mindset that he seems to have on this team. And I think he's, this has been one of the best signings that they've had, which a very under the, under the underrated one. Yeah, man. Um, I've been, I've been really impressed with Dwight Howard. And uh, when I was tweeting, I was live tweeting the game the other night. I said, you know, his, he didn't sit down. You're looking at the fourth quarter of your last preseason game where Dakota Mathias, Paul Reed, Isaiah Joe, and whoever else is on the floor, like just a bunch of guys that, you know, Justin Anderson, Vincent Poirier, like guys that aren't making the roster, guys that are playing two-way contracts. Like he's still on his feet and he had Ben on his feet and he had other guys with him. Like as much as I love Ben, you didn't see that from him before. Mm-hmm. And and Ben made a statement earlier this year in a, in a press conference how much he's loved Dwight being around and how great of an impact he's had on this team and and I don't think that goes unnoticed as a fan as you know reporters as whatever you want to call us and just as a teammate that definitely doesn't go unnoticed and I think I wasn't like skeptical of the signing when they signed him but I was just like oh, okay like they signed Dwight Howard I didn't realize how you know impactful he would be especially so early on. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I'm going to I'm going to go under but barely under. I would say like 23 starts for Dwight. Um I just I think with a shorter season, they're going to try to get Embiid in the in the more important games when they can get him in those important games. Um and I think they will, you know, use that load management. We saw Doc do that before. Um so I'm going to say right around that 25 mark, but I'm going to go slightly under just, you know, 
for the hell of it, I guess. <laughs> and I do think uh, Embiid getting frustrated with the uh, load management is going to be a storyline to watch this year. I think he's yeah. going to get super fed up with it because it's going to be kind of put on more of a full display with like the condensed season with that. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see exactly what restrictions they put on him. Yeah, I could see him getting frustrated with that, but um, you know, whatever. He he's done a great job. I've been I've been very impressed with him, um, and his maturity level coming yeah. into this season. It's been it's been amazing to see the way that he's kind of turned himself around in terms of just growing up. Like obviously, a lot of things have changed for him. He has you know, dad a now. fiance and a, a yeah, he's a dad. Yeah. Um, but just just hearing him say all he cares about is playing basketball and his family and FIFA, like. That's amazing. I, I wanted that tattooed on my body, but <laughs> um, uh, on the yesterday on his Zoom press conference, he just they asked him about like the the rumors with Simmons and Harden and all those going on. He just like I'm not really on social media like I'm used to when I'm on. I'm only looking at FIFA and video games. So, <laughs> and I was like, I love this guy. Yeah, I love this dude. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been honestly like amazing amazing so far this offseason and and going into this season i'm so excited for him to be fully healthy and i mean that's another thing that's kind of underrated when was Embiid's never go on into an offseason healthy Mm -hmm. he's always had some nagging injury and finally he gets to do so he looks like he's in great shape and let's talk about him right now dwell over under 27 and a half points per game which 27 and a half is his career high so do you think he's better than that this year or not quite yeah, I'm going over on this one. I Let's think this go. is going to be a career year for Embiid. I think he looks a little skinnier, a little skinnier. He looks in shape. And the as much as we talk about like the spacing with Simmons and spreading the floor for, floor for that, this yeah. super benefits Embiid as well. And getting him free looks in the post and just spread like the the famous double post up with him and Al Horford <laughs> just did not work last year. No. And just having him out of there, letting it be Embiid's full area, him go to work. I think they're going to get the ball to him early and often in games, and I think he's going to. Uh, produce with it yeah um i wouldn't i'm gonna say over as well i think mb is gonna average 28 points per game this year i think we're gonna be talking about him as an mvp candidate mm-hmm. um and that spacing does as much or more for him like you said as it does simmons i mean you watching the post-ups that he's had you know just in the one game against the celtics and obviously it's against uh whoever it was grant williams and and wh- whoever else was guarding him on the celtics like obviously not players that are everyday starters um, in the NBA, but Embiid's never had a problem dominating any big um, in the NBA. He's done it against the best. He's done it against the worst. So it doesn't really matter to him. But having that spacing and, and not not giving the defense a chance to double-team him, there's no singular center in the league that can guard him with his back to the basket, you know, less than 15 feet. Like, there's just nobody that can do it. He's just better than everyone else mm-hmm. one-on-one in that area. So I think – the fact that they're going to give him so many of those opportunities is just he's drooling over that. That's going to be his bread and butter post up. And if he kicks out, they're shooters. Then there's shooters yeah. on shooters on shooters. And Ben Simmons is going to be a shooter. So when he <laughs> passes it out to Ben, Ben's going to shoot it too. Um, I don't really expect that, but you know what I mean? But Joel's yeah. poised to have a great season as well as Ben. And I'm, I'm just like kind of now that we're talking about it, realizing it's starting tonight. I'm just, I'm so excited for this game. Yeah, I think this is the year that Embiid starts to get, like, the respect he deserves for being, like, the legit, like, superstar that he is. And, again, in another era, Embiid would be looked at as the best player in the league right now. And just the post, like, presence he has and the, like, movement, the way he can control his body for his size and the way he can dribble, you know, step. There's no – there's 
Like he is that good and it's about time that's put on full display. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for it. I think, um, I think like you said, I think this is the year that he gets that recognition. I think that this is the year that the Sixers really get the respect of being a contender. Um, and while they're slept on right now, like we said earlier, I think this is the year that they actually get like going into the postseason. People are like, no, oh, I don't know if we want to play the Sixers this postseason. And hopefully by then they're clicking on all cylinders and, and, you know, they've kind of worked out all the kinks in their offense. And like Doc has said in, in interviews and stuff, they've only had a couple of weeks together, like expecting them to be a fully flowing, perfect offense is just like kind of absurd to even like think that would be able to happen in this short amount of time. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks and watching them grow together and, and, you know, mesh and gel into one like cohesive group. And I think that's going to happen. And I think they're going to look really good. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, so here's something you said before we started recording, and this is something that I loved, like absolutely loved when you said, <laughs> um, we started talking about shake as we always do, you know, naturally. And then you said, kind of out of pocket, I think Shake by the end of the year is going to be better than Tyler Hero. Correct. So explain. So first off, I think they're very similar players. Like uh, Hero's a lot more of a spot-up shooter than Shake is, and Shake's more of kind of a, a bucket getter and just like can score in a variety of ways. But, and Hero has that same uh, cap- cap- capabilities. But uh, like – Hero has again. This is a lot of we've talked a lot about like the recency bias with the Heat, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of this plays into Hero. I think Shake had just as impressive of a like even bubble run as Hero did. Just Hero had the bigger scale to kind of do it on, and he did it throughout the whole playoffs, which is super impressive and props to him for how young he is. But uh, I think by the end of this season, like Shake is going to show like that he he is that good. This isn't a fluke that that's on full display, and if he does that throughout a whole season, that he plays that role, I think. Shake's ceiling is higher than Hero as a player. Yeah. I think Hero, how he played in that bubble and like that stretch is like his ceiling right there. Yeah. Like I don't see him developing necessarily much farther as a player versus Shake has different areas of his game. Like Hero can't handle the ball the way Shake can, that kind of thing. And I think like Shake is like super impactful to this roster as he would be on anywhere. But like throughout this whole season, he's gonna prove like Shake Milton is here to stay. Absolutely. And even physically, like just physically, Shake is 6'5", which is, I guess, Hero is like, what, 6'4"? Yeah, a little smaller. But like, Hero is one of the few guys in the NBA whose wingspan is shorter than their height. Mm -hmm. Like, and Shake has a six inches plus on his wingspan. Like, he is a better ball handler. You know, he shot 45% from three last year. It might, like, obviously... came in and hit a game winner in that bubble that's in the true same, after getting into an argument with Embiid the game before like he has the same like mental kind of locked in that like yeah. hero gets all the hype for he just like yeah. hasn't had the chance to like showcase it on the full display yet. yeah and shake shakes tough man yeah, shake is sure. so tough and he's like his his ability to get up and around like and this is something i saw with maxi as well around the rim their touch around the rim around the backboard and how long his arms are he can just get a shot up or around anyone at any given time. He's just, he's impressed me a lot. Obviously I was high on shake going into this off season. And from the start of this podcast, it's been like the shake Milton pick swap podcast. Like it's always been yeah. about shake kind of. And I love that. I think, and he's on a, an unbelievable deal. Like he's getting paid right. what, like $1 million a year, like getting paid dirt three more years, right? Three more like years on this contract. Yeah. yeah. So 
I like it. I, I'm going to go with you. Shake's going to be better than Tyler Hero at the end of the year. Um, and like, yeah, Tyler Hero just gets all the, he gets all the love and, you know, he's a white kid that went to Kentucky. That's like way too full of himself and just he is like, good. don't get me wrong. He is good. No, he is. Yeah. yeah. No, he is good, but he, he loves himself and Jimmy Butler loves him and people love the Miami heat and they love Jimmy Butler. So, you know, it all kind of trickles down and I just, Shake's not going to get that love because he doesn't play in Miami and that he didn't play in the finals last year. And he didn't get beat in the finals last year, but um, <laughs> we can move ahead here. Also, not to mention Tyler Hero for the rest of his career will be picked out on defense, whereas Shake yeah. Milton will not because Shake Milton looks like he's going to be a good defender, projects to be a good defender, is strong and long and quick enough to stay with guards. Tyler Hero is going to just get bumped around. He's too small. And not saying that he can't stay on the floor. He will stay on the floor because he's that good offensively. But he's going to be picked out defensively for years and years to come. So that's just another caveat to it. So I do want to move forward here uh, to our last thing. Predictions for tonight um, against the Washington Wizards. What do you think? Give me your final score, winner, final score, and then top scorer on the team you think is going to win. Okay. So I think Sixers win. I think they're significantly farther in the like uh, contender process than the Wizards are. I do think mm-hmm. the Wizards are starting to build something, and I think Westbrook's going to make more of a difference than he's getting credit for. Yeah. Uh, like The spread for it is seven and a half, and I don't know if that's going to be a Sixers cover with that, so I think it's going to be a fairly close game. Uh, I'm going to go fairly high scoring. I'm going to go like 112, no, 115 to like 109, I'm going to say okay. the score is. And then high score, I'm going to go Embiid. I think they're going to go to him early and often. The uh, the I like his matchup down low in the post a lot more than I like like Simmons and even like Shake versus like Bradley Beal and Westbrook are both like legitimate NBA star guard or very very good NBA guards. But I'm excited to see like Shake and Maxi kind of step in and kind of do their role there. So I think Embiid's going to be like the storyline to go to for tonight, and I think he's going to eat. Yeah, I, I mean, who's going to guard him on the Wizards? Thomas Bryant. Yeah, Rui Hachimura. Uh, Ruby's out. Ruby's out oh, with an yeah, injury, oh, yeah, right. so he's not even playing. Yeah. I don't know who's going to guard him. Bertans? <laughs> <laughs> Would love to No, see yeah, I, I agree with you. The one thing that, like you mentioned, the one thing that does worry me is the pace. The Wizards always have, like, the highest pace in the NBA. So um, I'm going to say the Sixers still win. Um, but the Wizards always push the pace, so I'm hoping that if uh, Embiid can stay, you know, uh, can keep up with them, um, I think he dominates the game. Otherwise, I think it'll be Simmons because just with a higher pace, he's just going to, you know, be much better. Simmons has always played much better with a higher pace. So I am excited for this game regardless. I'm going to say the final score is 122 to 116 Sixers. Um, Embiid finishes with 34 and 12. And he's the leading scorer. That's like my that. prediction. <laughs> um, we can we can save our, the rest of our predictions for the, the, the season predictions for later on. Um, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys again. Thank you to Bruce for tweeting at us and sending us in. Um, we're going to clip that, put it on. Um, thank you, Sean, as always. And we are super excited for tonight. We'll be tweeting. Uh, please you know, join in on the fun, all this stuff. Just banter with us, whatever it is. Uh, Follow us at PickSwapPod, and we will talk to you guys soon.